Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Brett, Ed, Fran, Johnny, Matt and Paul, helping you to build more muscle and to lose weight with a hint of banter and a dash of humour. Enjoy this week's episode. Uh, I am ready as I'll ever be. Well, I just thought I'd have a big well to pack everyone up. Uh, what are we on? Episode number 92? I don't know. Something like that. Something we were on like 80, 89 this one time, I think, so. <laughs> this one time? We are on episode 89? Well, I, I think so. If we've gone past 90, then I imagine we were at episode 89 at some point. <laughs> um, your big well at the start then has definitely just shit a lot of people up whose earphones were too loud or speaker was too loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what did yeah. you say it was? 92. 92. Yeah. Last one was the off-piste. Off-piste. Um, I do like the fact that we've now 47 seconds into uh, an episode and that was all about what number we're on. It's informative. Yes, well, I think this might be a sign of things to come. <laughs> um, if people don't know, this is actually now 10 past 5 on Sunday. I've got the Arsenal Man United game on the background. I've just seen um, Smallin absolutely mount one of the Arsenal defenders. Socrates, I think. Whatever. No, not Socrates, the other one. Kolasinac. Kolasinac. It's a nice name. Yes. Um, anyway, for all you non-football fans, you don't give a shit, so... I've yeah. come watching the rugby. <sighs> Does anyone even watch rugby? Yes. Yeah. Didn't realise people did. Yeah. Well, so surely, surely, Paolo, you don't watch rugby, like being a golf fan. I do watch rugby, and Brett is saying I'm a golf fan because I'm wearing what is technically a golf brand, so he informed me, but I just like the jumper. It is a golf brand. What's yours then, your brand? You look like you've got a little pheasant. You it hunt. is. It's, 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 a, it's a little pheasant with a uh, top hat and cane. I, I like that we're wearing the same it, colour, though. Yeah, I think it's actually called it's a puddle duck. Style. Is it? But it is a pheasant, I think. With a, yeah. Edlaw obviously likes rowing. I don't know. Is that Henley? No. Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> you just like being a college jock. Does that still exist? Tommy Hilfiger. Oh, it's turned into a teenager's brand now. Well, I'll be honest, mate. It was a teenager's brand when I was a teenager, so well, I'm no longer a teenager, so I don't wear it anymore. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, like a couple of years ago where every single teenager, the only thing they would wear was everything that was Jack Wills, and now they've gone from Jack Wills to Tommy Hilfiger, so I feel like you can't wear Tommy Hilfiger without trying to be some sort of uh, teenage wannabe. Oh, I see. I used to, um, used to like when I go to America when I was a kid. Obviously, I was very fortunate to be taken enough times, and um, I used to always try and find the Hilfiger outlets because obviously that was the thing. I even remember um, going into into the city, as we would call it, into the city every Saturday. Probably, I don't know how old I'd be, maybe twelve, thirteen, um, and going into Boots and absolutely raping their um, their testers for their fragrances. And that'd either be CK One or Tommy. They're the two things we'd absolutely stink ourselves out with. <laughs> so you put enough on for the week? Yeah. Well, that's more just because obviously we thought we were the daddies. We'd be walking around the um, the, ca- the Castle Mall. So obviously Norwich's got a big castle and underneath it's a shopping centre and it's called the Castle Mall. And uh, we'd be walking around there for all day just trying to pick up chicks. And by chicks, I mean, obviously, 13-year-old girls. I was 13. This wasn't a few years ago. When was this last week? <laughs> we. uh, so yeah, that was that used to be every Saturday. Get the bus into the city and walk around trying to pick up girls. 
<laughs> uh, very unsuccessful. I was going to say, do almost... were you ever successful? <laughs> no, very rarely. Uh, oh, you'd, you'd, you'd follow girls around, and they'd, they'd basically be doing pretty much the same as you, but neither of you'd have the balls to talk to each other. So you'd just follow them, and then eventually you'd, just, you'd see them around like, in, like ships passing the night about ten times over the, over the day. <laughs> oh, funny. That's good times. Yeah. yeah. Shove your time. mate into them. Exactly. Yeah. You'd be saying, oh, just go tell her I fancy her. Go on. Just go tell her. Please. Please. Just tell her. Didn't work. Anyway. <laughs> uh, how how are we all? Who wants to go first? Um, I just got back from Stag D. Uh, Where'd you so, go? Bath. Bath. I saw you doing uh, football golf. Golf football, football golf. Yeah, yeah. Yesterday, yeah. So we went, um, we went Friday, uh, and we just we went to the rugby bath series, <laughs> and then see people like rugby. There was a full full house. Um, then yeah, we did football golf on Saturday morning, and then watched all the rugby in the afternoon on uh, in the pub, and then went out last night. Um, we yeah, one of the guys managed to hire like this VIP room thing in this nightclub. And it had a stripper pole in the in the middle of the room. Um, no females on it, just uh, twelve blokes all dancing on it. Uh, brilliant. <laughs> uh, so, so sounds yeah. like my kind of night. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was so much fun because um, there was like three or four of these booths, or like these little rooms um, off the main kind of like nightclub, and uh, all of Meva was just full of girls, full of guys. <laughs> there was no kind of um, mixing at all. It was, it was yeah, it was quite funny. Um, but yeah, pretty no, solid just... uh, tangent to flow in from from the last conversation we just had. Well, so like the split between male and females carries on into your well your late twenties for you, Ed. Yeah, uh, mid mid twenties. I'll uh, have you know I'm uh, still a young, fresh, fresh faced man. Mm. <laughs> Is that how you can get away with wearing hill figure? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's, yeah. how's the diet um, going? Obviously, bear in mind you're supposed to be prepping for a photo shoot. Um, well, I, I said last week, didn't I? Um, I think I'll be wearing a t-shirt in the photo shoot, <laughs> and, and the whole time I'm in Mauritius. <laughs> uh, the weird thing is, right? So we're all in this house, and I, um, I'd taken my uh, my mate gave me a, a shirt for his wedding, then, so I was trying it on, and uh, I, I took off my t-shirt and then went to put the shirt on, and someone was like, "Oh, you're supposed to be a fitness professional. You're so out of shape." I, was just like, I do have feelings too, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not that out of shape, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm a shape; it's just quite round. See, that's the the curse of out of being super lean and having abs at one point, Ed. Yeah, this one time it's now noticeable. Yeah, yeah. If this you one... even <laughs> drop one ab out of you, everyone's like, "Whoa!" Shredded this one time, and now all of a sudden, uh, I've got a name and um, yeah, and a persona. That's uh... it, mate. Yep, but uh, no, no. So yeah, it was, no, it was a good weekend. Lots and lots of beer, lots of gin, um, lots of dancing. Any particular favourite nice gin you had? No, it was just whatever. It was cheap and cheerful. Oh, when look. you're smashing them back every bite, twenty minutes. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was pretty much was like Gordon's and beef eater. <laughs> uh, okay. Although we went to a restaurant last night and um, we did ask them instead of just making loads of gin and tonics, can you just do a a couple of jugs and put them on the table of gin and tonic. <laughs> That's quite funny. Mm. Yeah. One, there's a local bar in Norwich that does, does gin and tonic on tap. Really? Yeah, it's like pre-mixed. Yeah. I suppose you get so many pre-mixed cans and bottles and stuff now, don't you? Because uh, I know we sell a lot at work. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Paolo, what have you been up to, mate? Living a very boring life. No, no, I've been fine. Um, How's your test? Test is fine. <laughs> test is good. Um, I'm alternating injection sites at the moment. What, left ball, right ball? Yeah, basically. Straight in. <laughs> Straight into the gonads. Yeah, normally because when I started, this is I know this is steroid talk. Um I was using my butt as the main target site because it's large. Um and then I thought, whoa, so I'm still haven't braved up to do a delt one yet, but a thigh, thighs are not fun. That's Definitely felt like I had a dead leg for about four days. Right. Mate, go for your traps and just have massive traps. <laughs> like wings, like. You do anyway. You will anyway. I mean, obviously, steroid users do. There's something to do with the musculature and the. I can't. I, I, I'm going to absolutely butcher this because I can't remember exactly. But there is something to do with the way traps respond to anabolic mm. steroids, anyway, which is why it's quite. I wouldn't say easy, but the, a telltale sign for people on drugs. Massive fucking traps and no neck. Well, a huge neck, but so big that it looks like you've got one because it's basically the same width as the head. <laughs> right. Who had it except, oh, we, and our ever loving love of Tom Hardy in what I watched Warrior the other day. Yeah, yeah. He has some serious traps in that. He's like, yeah. yeah. He was all back and nothing else. <laughs> uh, Although in every interview with him, they was like, what do you do in the gym? Like, how do you get in such great shape? And he's like, I haven't got a clue. I just listen to my PT. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, secret pharmacist. Yeah, I li- yeah I, my PT is pharmaceutical technology or something. <laughs> it's like um, with Don't Christian Bale, was it like 12 months? <laughs> um, Christian Bale, and like, it, was, it was pretty much like 12 months, I think, wasn't it? He went from the machinist where he was 50 kilos eating Ooh. like half an apple a day. Um, up to uh, Batman, uh, it was like 120 kilos. Yeah, uh, he, just, he did it in like 12 months, so it's sort of stupid. Yeah, that that uh, machinist diet was ridiculous. Like, if if anyone thinks starvation mode exists, just check him out for that. Christ, jeez, yeah, because um, was... that that that's the evidence against starvation mode. Like eating one apple, because he did, didn't he? Have one apple a day or something? Yeah, well, that was an apple play, and anyway. a coffee or something, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You think to yourself, and he he was absolutely em- emaciated. Yeah, that's a solid thing. commitment, isn't it? To want to yeah. lose, sure you lose not just fat, but just obviously he fucking smashed, lost muscle as well. Yeah, what I would say, the power of accountability is also on show there. When someone's saying, "Here's ten million dollars, all you need to do is get down to this weight." Oh, okay, there's a bit more to that. He's got. A... <laughs> I'll I'll but... do it by tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. It's, uh, no, it's just crazy. Um, but you, 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 it's funny though because like I've got. Um, one of my mates who I sort of see a couple of times a year, he used to be really big, uh, used to train all the time when we were at uni, and now he just doesn't train. I mean, he is a farmer, so he's quite active, but the, the rate of muscle loss is so small. Like, he, he's, yeah, all right, he's not quite as big as he was, but it just, because somebody who doesn't really train uh, at all, um, yeah, just he's barely lost any muscle. And uh, uh, it's, yeah, so when people are like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose all my muscle if I don't go to the gym this one time. Um, yeah, it's wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's always that standard thing, isn't it? With like anybody that's full anti like, uh, steroids will be like, well, once you stop trading, it will turn to fat. 
Oh, it will be <laughs> continue eating in a excessive yeah, I'll, I'll continue eating the same amount as when I was training. Yeah, and it, no, I, it won't turn to fat. I'll just get fat. Yeah, yeah. I think there's <laughs> a... you're saying like, oh my, I'm going to go to the gym and turn this muscle into fat. But you're not. You're going to lose the muscle, lose the fat, and build some muscle. Maybe. Yeah, that's maybe. the thing. Physiologically, it doesn't happen. You can't turn muscle to fat, and you can't turn fat to muscle. Well, no. but you can turn them both into uh, energy for using. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my week has been pretty tame. Work, lots of work's been mad. My other job, the caring job. Caring job. Um, any, any break-ins of late? No, no. We'll talk about that off air. There's been an interesting uh, change oh, in situation. Okay. I would like to... Um, A positive one. Okay. <laughs> so no break-ins. No, um, but I, no, take no unwanted I break-ins anyway. No unwanted ones. No, I have because you're a fan of podcasts, obviously, as all of our listeners are. But I listen to the Joe Rogan and Alex Jones ones. That is oh, a. I'm halfway through it. The guys are oh, fucking crank. It is tough to get through, but I, it is. I, I can't listen to it. I'm not even joking. I, I, there's a point I think where I'm just gonna. I'm I'm gonna probably an hour and a quarter into it's four hours nearly in it, and I'll be honest. Yeah. I don't think I can listen to it anymore because when he's what well, Alex Jones is a million miles an hour, you can tell Joe just like slow the fuck down, mate, isn't he? He's just like <laughs> seriously, I can't. But he's just he's. I'm I'm sure there's some truth in, or that you could you could potentially believe. So, so people are probably listening, saying, "What the hell are they talking about?" But basically, he's a bit of the conspiracy theorist, isn't he? Um, hmm. And there's probably some truth in some of the things he's saying, but Jesus, man, I just I don't know. I just I can't I can't get with it. I don't know. Anyway, he sorry. A lot of information all at once. Yeah. Some probably wacko information as well. Mm. Oh, well. Mm. Did you li- did you listen to one with um, Johan Griel? Was that the Mexican drug cartel one? Yeah, he wasn't Mexican. He's from like, no, no. Birmingham yeah. or something. A reporter. Thing. Yeah, that was yes. mental. Yeah, that was um... my favourite subject though. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not not that I want to switch people off our podcast. If you want to listen to something different. Um, then they're well certainly Johan Griels. Um that's I O A N I think, isn't it? And G R I W L O him on the Joe Rogan podcast experience. Definitely worth listening because um if you it like is. uh if you like the drug cartel type stuff, narcos and things. Great. Okay. Scary world out there. Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Well I'm looking forward to our conversation off air as well. Sweet. Should we just end the podcast now and have that conversation? Yeah, no. sorry. Right, that's 40 minutes <laughs> choke. Um, okay, anything else? Nah, that's about it, man. Yeah, alright, cool. What about you? Anything in- interesting happening in the- your life? Nah, I'm boring, isn't I? I'm routine. I am uh, robotic, so my life is not that interesting. Um, so yeah, not really a lot happening, to be honest. I was in Norwich all week as well, so I can't even say anything interesting about food I've eaten or stuff. Deload week boring so um even my training is not fun uh i am end of my fourth week obviously of my mini cut um which i've been saying to like uh, a couple of friends i'm not really sure if that's going to turn into a longer diet um for yeah. what exactly probably for no reason other than just i just feel like i want to be leaner for any particular um, reason, just a psychological boost. 
I, I suppose I've seen. I mean, what am I now? I'm something like eight pounds down in those four weeks, um, which was probably what I expected. Um, I've seen, obviously, I suppose, like I don't know, visually some improvement, but not like dramatic improvement, which you you know you're not really going to get in in that four weeks anyway. Um, but it kind of made me feel like, oh, do you know what? Especially with everyone dieting for the photo shoot and the fact that I had some progress, it makes me feel motivated to keep dieting. Which is a good thing when you want to keep dieting, but when obviously you don't really have a reason to, it's kind of like, oh, I should just switch it off and go back to to kind of bulking. But then I think, well, I've got holiday in, what is it now? Something like five and a bit weeks, six weeks. Um, maybe I'll just, I could diet for that. I don't know. Don't know. Don't really know what to do really. Because well, obviously I didn't, I didn't want to diet because I was having such great progress in the gym and, you know, training was going well and stuff. And But now I'm like four weeks in, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe I could. I don't know. Why don't you just chuck on another couple of weeks, see how you're getting on, if your fatigue's kicking in at all or anything like that, then you, you can knock it off. But To, to be honest, you know, mate, if you're happy with... Uh... Yeah. That's probably what I'll do. Yeah, because if, I mean, if you're happy uh, and you're making good progress, then just a couple of weeks gives you more more room to to push the the bulking as well on the other end of it so if you are going to then start trying to gain as well it could be an extra month or two of bulking that you you can have yeah i suppose like in my head i've tried to i don't know if it's me justifying it to myself potentially but i mean there is still some element of um uh not correctness but there's still an element of, of kind of like truth in it, i suppose and that i kind of thought well actually you know dieting for a bit longer gives me a longer bulking phase next time because obviously it gives me more room to bulk into so you know that could be seen as you're just justifying yourself to just have a longer dieting period um but the thing is it wasn't like i was particularly uncomfortable in my physique even before i did my mini cut you know i was at the top end a little bit but you know i was still kind of walking around feeling okay and i went desperate to diet um it was more just as i say i was i was trying to prime myself for another bulking phase so um i wasn't meant to be like a long bulk but you know, it's one of those things. This is this is one of the psychologies of bulking and dieting kind of mixed in one. Really, it can be quite difficult to manage, which we've obviously talked about enough times. Yeah, so it's well, it's confusing for so many people. Like, do I like do I push the food up? Do I not? Do I? And that's why it's it's good to have somebody oversee it, or even just somebody to chat to about it. Like like we've just done then. We just said right, okay, well, you know, this is what you could do, and it just adds a. I think sometimes you can be too emotionally attached. You just need to, some objectivity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's a bit like you know however many clients we get uh i bet most of them aren't well people who kind of you know they, they do know what they, they need to do but they're just scared of doing it for themselves or that sort of thing um so like they're always they're thinking well you know should should i should i keep gaining or should i you know they just need a, a sort of a professional and second opinion yeah so. yeah but other than that not uh not a lot else going on i think so yeah all good I'm always happy, you know me. I'm always, I'm always, I'm a happy, positive chappy anyway, for the most part. Oh yes, oh yes. Um, other than when I get angry, and obviously it does happen quite frequently. Look at Paul's raising his eyebrows. Like, <laughs> we know that. Calm down, Hulk. All right, son. Um, <laughs> uh, right, well, um, I guess that obviously Ed, after your weekend, you've been hitting the uh, hitting the caffeine up to try and keep awake. So I guess you're pretty tired. No, I've not. Oh. I've not had a single coffee today, um, weirdly enough. Yeah, yeah, no, weirdly enough, I've not had a single coffee today. Um, I think I had one yesterday as well. Yesterday I was really tired. 
I think I'd had about two hours sleep. So, yeah. So sorry. Um, shit segue. Uh, I did. I had some um, Utopia. What? Uh, just randomly? Just for breakfast? Went to you? Yeah, basically. No, uh, it's, um, because I was doing something and I needed to concentrate a little bit. Mm, okay. So for those that don't know, Utopia is a supplement sold by Denovo. Um, I think we talked about it, didn't we? Actually, on was it last week? The week before? It's a nootropic. It's a um, concentration supplement. I don't know. It's the best way to describe it. It's just got a fat ton of caffeine and a few nootropics in it. So because caffeine is a nootropic. Uh, that is correct. That is correct. Yes. Classified as. <clears throat> Um, yes, indeed. So um, that was a really shit segue, wasn't it? But you know, I tried. <laughs> I tried to link it <laughs> to say, well, today we we would like to talk about caffeine, everyone's favourite drug. Which it is, to be fair, it's, it's it's obviously the most consumed drug, I think. Over tobacco. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Well, it's definitely the world's most consumed psychoactive drug is tobacco obviously i don't know if nicotine's nicotine's not psychoactive is it i don't know actually depends on what you uh mix it with (laughs) yeah (coughs) that's called a blunt my friend i'd prefer to smoke straight marijuana no i don't do drugs Uh, well i do caffeine but i don't do marijuana i don't really do any drugs never really have it's not my thing no no Paul's very quiet. Paul's like, holy shit, I've done everything under the sun, <laughs> but I've never put that on a podcast. Um, anyway, swiftly, <laughs> swiftly moving Just on. think of any extradition treaties. Paul, um, Paul, Paul O. Escobar over there. <laughs> yeah, but that was just the ones he sold, not did. Um, oh, caffeine. <laughs> so, caffeine, yeah. Um, yeah, we just want to talk about caffeine because obviously it's widely consumed by the general population, but also widely consumed within the health and fitness industry for various reasons. So we thought we'll have a little talk about what it is, what it does, its uses, potential pitfalls, um, like performance benefits, because obviously there is a really good performance benefit. So we thought we'd just go through it. Um, yeah, simple as that. So. Who wants to start with what caffeine is? I don't know why I said that so slowly. Who wants Go to Go start? on, Paul. Okay. So as we slightly alluded to, caffeine is a, well, classified as a nootropic, which obviously has some cognitive and mental enhancement capability, abilities, I guess. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so caffeine, so where would we get it from? Where would you normally get caffeine from? Normally comes from coffee beans or it can be synthesized in a laboratory, which obviously you would... Huh? Can it? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, I guess, how it would get into things like Monster. And... I, I, I assume they just extracted it from... Nuts, not well, I don't know if it's nuts, but seeds and beans and stuff, which is where obviously the, most of it comes from. Outside of mm-hmm. obviously food content stuff like chocolate and yeah, no, it can be synthesized anyway. Okay, interesting. <laughs> you know that. So I guess it's as you most people would know as a stimulant, wouldn't you? Um, yeah. Shall so, I yeah. say? Shall I say how it stimulates? Because this is something yeah, I learned like fairly. fairly I was going to say because it. In the um, sort of in your mental sort of endurance ways, I guess it stimulates neurons, doesn't it, and things like that. 
Uh, yeah, I think. Well, I think what it does is it actually blocks the adenosine receptors. Mm. Um, and adenosine is uh, I don't know if it's a metabolite or it's but it's something that builds up in the brain as you're awake, which basically should cause you to get drowsy and sleepy and go to bed. So I I kind of look at it as it's like something that builds up in your brain over time, over the day, I should say, rather than time, which makes you sleepy to eventually make you want to sleep and obviously recover and you know do all the things that sleep should do. Um, but taking caffeine stops that, or basically blocks the receptors to to that effect, therefore keeping you awake and having a stimulatory effect. Hmm. There we go. That was how it works. Beautiful. Such a detailed response. Yes. Um, okay. Anything else to add? No, I was, the... going to, I was going to switch away from that because not switch away from it. But do you ever find that you? I mean, I think I have a pretty solid tolerance to caffeine stimulants in general. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that, I mean, I don't have any really any issues sleeping off coffee, as it were, I guess. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, we're, I suppose we're getting on to talking about its effects and potential negative effects. I don't know if you want, do we want to go there yet, or do we want to just... No, we can go there, we can come back, we can revisit that bit. Okay, so I guess like uh, we've explained maybe one of the reasons why people might use it. So basically to stave off tiredness, which is probably the, the main reason the majority of obviously general population use it, I suppose. Um, so yeah, maybe let's go through some of the sources then. So like we say, um, mainly, well, I suppose caffeine itself um, is mainly from things like seeds, nuts. I, th- I don't know if it's nuts. I think it's nuts. Leaves and stuff. Um, I think that's where the majority of, of sources come from. And here's a little simple fact for you. So the, basically the main thing was basically to help um, predators of those seeds, nuts and leaves. It's its defence mechanism. So it stops them, obviously, I think it, it's basically it's a toxicity thing in that it stops them or tries to stop them being eaten by bugs and insects and things like that. Or because they'll be too awake after they've eaten it yeah. and it'll really annoy them. <laughs> well, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> I don't know if that's quite the same effect that it just keeps them awake, but I think, <laughs> I say, it's the toxicity thing that it can be toxic. So, um, I just thought that was quite interesting. Didn't, you know, mm. it's, obviously, it's given you kind of a rationale to why caffeine even exists. Yeah, yeah. Because you always think, though, with stuff like that, like, how on earth does somebody think, oh, you know what, I'm going to um, put this into things? Um, or do the research into it and yeah. look at it and yeah, well, very odd. I, I, I don't know, I suppose like you probably think it's for these things where you see native people to these areas, which I think a lot of it comes from like Africa, Asia and um like South America and stuff. You can imagine <coughs> that you can some some natives there just chewing on the leaves or something and getting a buzz mm. out of it or something. Like renowned sort of plant, isn't it, that they chew in especially sort of Africa cart. I, I thought you were going to say in South America. I think that's the uh, the coca leaf. The coca mate. leaf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they both have the same <laughs> similar uh, effects. I'm, similar I don't effect. think you're comparing cocaine to caffeine, are you? <laughs> well, it helps you uh, helps you at the end of a, a long night out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we do not advocate drugs. So, I kind of to, to, to add on to the the kind of the well you're saying about where you where you find it and stuff i suppose so that's kind of the, the root root of it but where you'd most typically find yes. it uh, on day-to-day things uh so obviously coffee that's a big one tea um 
then you, you're looking at basically any caffeinated drinks. Um, so Coke. like all your Coke, yeah. yeah. Um, so all your, your, your fizzy pops, most of those are uh, crammed full of, uh, of caffeine. Um, and then obviously your uh, energy drinks as well. That's kind of where part of the, the energy side comes from. Not just the shit ton of sugar in there, but also um the shit ton of caffeine that's in them as well mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of where part of the name comes from so why people are like oh how can you have a sugar-free energy drink if it's got no sugar in it um it's like well actually it's the caffeine not the sugar yeah uh, well yeah. obviously you get a lot in chocolate as well um mm-hmm. obviously there's there's certain i mean you can only have a certain amount i think it's 100 milligrams a day when you're pregnant and obviously they give you a list of foods to avoid when you're pregnant to, to obviously make sure you don't overdose on caffeine um which which is surprising to a lot of people things like um, your chocolate or um, I'm trying to think what other foods on the list I can't remember I mean apples I think have obviously known to have a reasonable amount of caffeine in so some fruits um, think even things like some of your cereals and like protein bars and things that often come with with, with caffeine enhancing them as well so you've kind of got to be a bit careful about some of your food sources so um, certainly if you've kind of got a, a, a reason why you shouldn't be having caffeine like you're pregnant or whether you're just trying to, to, to keep off it Ed, you look. You need some. Pick your order. Yeah, probably. Uh, you know what? I did nearly bring a coffee with me <laughs> to do this. <laughs> well, I just had. I just had a nice big pour over made with uh, a lovely brew from one of my uh, friends whose wife owns. I think it's his wife, but she owns a um, or part in a, a coffee farm in Colombia. So they send me some coffee every now and then, which is nice of them. Colombian artisan coffee. Give them a shout out. Nice, nice. Mm. Uh, um, so reason why well, why 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 do we use it or should we go more how it, we've done how it works have we done how it works um yeah we've done how it works obviously in terms yeah. of the um adenosine receptors and stuff so and i guess yes. that is the main reason why as i say is people want to have a little pick-me-up when they're tired or you know a lot of our society we don't sleep enough i think a lot of us we we kind of burn the candle at both ends and we then end up using things like caffeine as a stimulant to get us through times when we're tired which for a lot of people ends up being all the time you just you're constantly drinking either monster drinks or just you know a lot of people just drink i don't know however many cups of coffee a day just to stay awake and that then becomes like their baseline which is one of the problems we'll get onto i suppose in a bit but their baseline becomes that their normal is to be constantly stimulated and they don't know what it's like to not be because they're just relying on it through the things like lack of sleep and, and stuff so I think a lot of the time though we do consume like okay yeah we might drink coffee because we're tired or whatever but I think we do consume a lot of caffeine kind of unknowingly and also like without wanting to I suppose like I know they do like caffeine free coke and stuff like that but I, I don't have a, a diet coke because I'm feeling tired I have a diet coke because I want a diet coke like mm. I, I, I don't care whether there's caffeine in it or not people um, with even decaf coffee decaf isn't completely free of nope caffeine is it nope no i think even um i can't remember what it, the amount now but even the amount in a, like a if you had a venti decaf starbucks say i'm pretty sure there was still something like 30 or 40 milligrams in that mm. um which is no not a small amount so i guess i mean obviously we can get on the rdas on in a minute maybe we should do that now in terms of what kind of like people's recommended rdas of caffeine is but um i don't actually even remember to be honest no, I was just thinking. Then I was like, I mean, I know, I know. <laughs> I can tell uh, you what's a, in most things, but <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, I can tell you for sport. <laughs> yeah, well, no, exactly. So I guess uh, pregnant women, I said, is oh, actually, it's two hundred milligrams a day for pregnant. Sorry, not hundred. Um, and for the average Joe, up to four hundred milligrams appears to be safe for most healthy adults. Um, 
which is roughly the amount of caffeine in four cups of brewed coffee. I'd, I'd, to be honest, that's probably not going to be your spoons and Nescafe because I imagine that's lower on the caffeine front. Um, yeah, a lot lower. Yeah, there's 150 milligrams of the can of Monster if anyone's interested. I know that. Um, and that's probably about the same in like your, your medium Starbucks, 150 milligrams, that type of thing. So like there's about 75 to 100 or some, some, I think some even a little less, but uh, 75 to 100 milligrams per shot of espresso in, in kind of most coffee beans. I mean, it does change depending upon how the brew, how it's brewed and loads of loads of different reasons, how long it's roasted for and, and that type of stuff. But gives you a bit of a rough idea. I mean, you'll never obviously there's no way known. You'll never know how much you're taking unless you're literally taking a, a supplement of it or you know, you're, you're drinking something that's measured like a can of Monster. You um, other energy so drinks about- are available. Uh, there's, uh, there's about 50 in a like a, a fizzy pop like a coke or whatever but it's 50 milligrams i think yeah. uh, around that so um yeah so you think about i mean 400 milligrams a day i mean that that i suppose that does or should include the stuff you're consuming in food ned like you rightly said um there's plenty of uh unknowing amounts of caffeine that we consume through what we eat as well as obviously the food, the drinks we drink that we're not specifically drinking for a stimulant effect like your coca-cola or whatever so you do need to be a bit careful um and I, I mean this is this is what i do and what i kind of recommend to most most clients is basically stick to a couple of coffees a day um because you'll obviously inevitably have more caffeine through other sources um and just front load it so keep most of it when you need it or not when you need it when you enjoy it in the morning but they're obviously, and we'll touch on this, some of the side effects might be things like lack of sleep. So you want to try and make sure that you're not consuming caffeine too late because what is the half-life of caffeine? Six hours. Six hours. Well, four to six, yeah. So, um, you know, say leave up to six hours, that's the half-life. So that means, you know, like we've probably all learned in science at school about nuclear isotopes. Is it isotopes or nu- just nuclear uh, yeah okay didn't learn very well at school this today but essentially how, how long it takes for a degrade they, those degrades is the same as how long it takes caffeine to degrade in the blood uh, and obviously that's a for half of it to be left is six hours so you can imagine if you're having a decent bolus of caffeine at five six o'clock at night time which a lot of people do when they then go into the gym that could potentially still be floating around your blood and affecting your sleep when you then come to bed at 10 o'clock or certainly, like, you know, that's probably the latest five o'clock, six o'clock that you'd ever want to take any reasonable amount. Well, it's a bit like if you have a like a large Costa with, what's that, three shots of coffee in a large mm-hmm. Costa? Um, and if you have that on, when you're driving home at eight o'clock or nine o'clock from somewhere, if, you know, if you've been at work late or whatever and you're driving home, you pull it in the service station, you think, oh, I'll just grab a coffee. And you've had that and then you're just going to smash, like, 250 milligrams of caffeine um and then you're trying to go to bed an hour later probably probably there's a reason why you can't get to sleep or it takes you a while to wind down um because it's in your system and it's it's keeping you wired yeah you you what mate i was just agreeing bed all right okay um yeah i mean i suppose like that's why um no, actually, no, that's not what I was going to say. I suppose, Paul, you made the comment earlier about you don't feel like you have too much trouble sleep, getting to sleep and stuff. And, like, I always used to joke about my parents. They'd take coffees to bed with them. They're literally at 10 o'clock at night. They'd take a coffee up and, and drink it in bed. Yeah, and, my mum does. Yeah. And I, I mean, there's a lot of people like that that use caffeine habitually um, and say, oh, I don't have any problem. Um, and it is hard to say because, obviously, we do know that you do build a tolerance over it. Like, a lot of the stimulatory effects you lose because... 
um, there is a tolerance to it. Um, I don't know whether that necessarily means that you lose its complete effects of it stimulating. So when I say lose your stimulatory effects, I mean that kind of feeling of energy or not feeling of tiredness and stuff. Um, I still personally think if you're drinking caffeine late in the day, even if you can get to sleep, I still think it's going to affect, and there is research showing this, that it does affect like your sleep latency. So basically like your, your quality of sleep. So you might get to sleep, but you might then not sleep as well as you would have done had you have not had the caffeine circulating in your system, which obviously makes sense. Very true. I remember once when I wasn't really a big co- coffee drinker. I remember going up to visit my sister up in London and she was out somewhere and I spent the, the morning in like a co- fancy coffee shop and sampled quite a few different coffees. It came to a point where all of a sudden I just had this <laughs> wave of like a hot flush and then definitely thought I was going to pass out and throw up everywhere. Yeah. So that was, that was a definite overdose of caffeine in one s- small wind or sort of time window. Yeah. Do you ever do you ever get like a drunk feeling when you've had like a really strong coffee? Um, do you ever get this kind of like spaced out drunk feeling? Mm. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I like one strong coffee. I think I've got, well, I, I always think I've got reasonable tolerance, but there's definitely been the odd occasion where I've maybe had two or three coffees in a short space of time and thought to myself, mm. I hadn't noticed it, but all of a sudden I checked myself and catch myself thinking, oh shit, actually I feel like proper buzzed and I feel a bit like hot and I feel a bit like what's going on. And then I think, oh, I've just had too much caffeine. Yeah. They yeah. normally happen at things like at the malnutrition conferences. Yeah, because you just go for about 10 cups in the space of 20 minutes. <laughs> um, I always find it if I ever make myself a cafetiere at work, and then because it's like three sh- cups of like really strong coffee. Um, and then, yeah. All right. That's the worst. <laughs> way, that's the stop. worst way to brew coffee. Don't don't get all pretentious on, on me. <laughs> um, yeah, but because like you say, you're having a couple a couple in a row that's pretty strong, and um, yeah, and, and you soon know about it. So I suppose we've talked about kind of like general consumption and stuff like that a lot. Do we talk about it in a sporting context? Uh, I was just going to. While we're still talking about general consumption, I'm just going to talk about maybe some of the the other potential withdrawal symptoms then we'll move on to the yeah, the performance benefits shall we oh yeah cool so honestly we talked about sleepiness potentially so stopping you go to sleep um i also think that it could be that it actually makes you more sleepy at other points because so i guess you have these bits where you are patching up a tired part with obviously the caffeine um and you get a little short stimulatory effect, but then you kind of maybe even feels even sleepier afterwards. I think a lot of us have done that where it becomes a bit of a cycle. Um, and you then, as I say, reliant on it. So it could actually end up being you're, you're more sleepy um, and obviously more lethargic. Um, I think some of the other uh, withdrawal symptoms, obviously headaches. Have we all experienced headaches from coming off caffeine? In, yeah, come 11 o'clock in the morning sometimes and you're like, oh, God, my head. Mm. Is it that or is it dehydration? Probably a bit of both, but... Um, <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't drank anything all morning, you're like, oh, God, I need a coffee, and then all of a sudden it magically goes. Yeah, I think the worst I had was when I spent two weeks in America, and a bit like what Paul alluded to around the MNU conference, but obviously in America, everywhere you go is all all you can drink coffee, and I was just drinking so much of it, especially around breakfast time, because I'd drink about four or five cups because she'd just keep topping you up. So the waiters are trying to, or waiters or waitresses are trying to earn their tips, aren't they? Um, And when I got back, there was literally, I think, two or three days after I'd got back, I had to do a seminar in London, 
And I was speaking to one of the guys I was presenting with saying, for the last two days, I don't know if I've just been stressed out, but I've had horrendous, like, con- not horrendous in terms of, like, really bad pain, but I've had just, like, constant dull headache for literally two days straight. And I very rarely do I ever get headaches, like, almost never. And um, it wasn't until he said to me, oh, well, are you not feeling well? I said, well, I felt all right. I just, you know, I don't know what it is. And then he just got talking about coffee. And he said, oh, maybe it's you just because you're not having much coffee. And I realised I hadn't had any coffee since I got back from holiday. And I thought, fucking hell, that's probably exactly what it is. That never even occurred to me. But obviously, as soon as I had a caffeine beverage, that went. Yeah, so, so weird, isn't it? 100% withdrawal symptoms. You just wouldn't expect it at all, I don't think, would you? Well, I've never, I can't say I've really had it much before. Um, not, not, mm. not to that extent, anyway, where it was like constant for two days. Um, I probably should have just kind of took some you know, paracetamol or ibuprofen and just got through it rather than um, having more caffeine and just, just saw it out. But you now I was in London and fancied a nice coffee anyway. As you do, as you do. As I do. Um, okay, well, I guess there's also, I mean, some of the other withdrawal symptoms I think are known are things like muscle pain and cramping and stiffness as well. Um, I don't know why that is, though. I don't know if it's anything more to do with electrolytes or... Um, some people, because I guess that might be to do with the fact that um, caffeine is a diuretic as such, in that if you just took pure caffeine, um, there has been known or seen to have diuretic effects. But coffee itself generally isn't, because the diuretic effect of the caffeine is not more than usually the amount of liquid you're drinking. So a lot of people think, oh, you know, you get really dehydrated when you drink coffee. And I don't think that is. I think that's probably more to the point you alluded to, Ed, in that you're probably getting like this... I know the stimulatory effect for caffeine you're feeling it makes you feel dehydrated I don't know if that's even correct but um and it's less the fact that you're dehydrated unless you're just drinking coffee and nothing else I suppose but some people literally do though don't you think of like the office atmosphere where they all they're doing is like even if they cycle between tea and coffee but that's all they'll drink all day like I know my dad is so bad for it he'll um he'll just cycle tea coffee tea coffee tea coffee and that's just he, he won't stop and have a glass of water it, mm. it's a bit like going out on the beers um if you just go for an all-day session and all you do is just beer 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 or gin or whatever and you're like you haven't actually had a break on you know water or squash or you know anything different um it's, it's not the best idea even though you are drinking lots of liquid um it's, it's sometimes good to kind of it depends also i think with with the coffee side is how much how big of a cup you're drinking as well um so i know if i have a coffee like i've got a like especially large mug in the uh, in the office and that just so i can actually drink more liquid um instead of these like some of these coffee cups you get pitiful little things aren't they um two mouthfuls and you're done um so if that's all you're having is just these little little cups the amount of more caffeine that you're getting for the amount of water that you're getting is is ridiculous um and uh yeah so and then if all you are drinking is just lots of these little coffees um then yeah it soon soon adds up but also there's not much liquid there so if you were thinking like oh i'm just going to drink this two little bottle of water throughout the day there's probably uh more liquid in there than there is in five or six of these little coffees that you're drinking throughout the day yeah definitely i say if you're just sitting at espressos then it's probably not good for you mm, exactly yeah, and I, I suppose some of the other things might be anxiety. I have known a couple of people um, that when they have uh, like a caffeinated beverage, they get like a, symptoms of like jitteriness or they feel a bit anxious. So I guess like, it's one of those things where it's individual and if you do, don't have it. Just try and avoid it. It's like on South Park, they've got the character Tweak 
who's mm. like a real jittery guy, and they're like, your parents are like, have another coffee. <laughs> yeah, that does, I mean, that does happen. I like, I've known a couple of people, um, one I work with and one client that basically just couldn't couldn't drink coffee. Um, as soon as they had it, they like, like I don't know, I suppose maybe again, that kind of like drunk feeling or um, that, that just really anxious feeling of like, oh, yeah, I can't cope. So best thing to do is just, just you overstimulate and just get off it. Just don't, don't have it. Do you find that more with, as well with pre-workout drinks? Especially, is it what is it that you can that is that seems to be added to it that makes it beta-alamine? No, no, not that. That's the paralysis, isn't it? Base the face itching. Base. I was thinking that balances out the jitters is theanine, isn't it, or theanine, theanine or something? Yeah, well, that's what um, my our favourite did over ignite. They they put caffeine and theanine in because obviously they balance each other out mm. without losing too much of the effect. Yeah, so obviously you get the stimulatory effect of caffeine, but the theanine then um, reduces the anxiety effect. So, she moves out your buzz. Yeah, so you should be able to then concentrate still. Mm. Um, it was uh, paresthesia, not paralysis, mate. If your face is yeah. being paralysed by um, pre-workout, I'd probably stop taking it. <laughs> Might be a duff batch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If pre-workout is really good. Mixing up my powers again. <laughs> um, no, yeah, paresthesia is when your face tingles to shit, and it is a bad thing. Horrible. Horrible. Um, Weren't okay. you getting it really badly, Brett, once? Yeah, I was because I was taking five grams were... at a time because that's what the bag <laughs> said when, um, you know, our friend Martin McDonald said, that you, no, it doesn't. There's no way it says that's ridiculous. And I even had to send him a picture because I said, yes, it fucking does. So I sent him a picture of it saying, like, holy shit, yeah, it really does say five grams. So no wonder I was, like, itching like my entire face off every time I had it. Fun times. Yeah. Um, it, the problem is, is for anyone that actually cares, it's supposed to be five grams a day split into small batches so you don't get that paresthesia effect. Whereas I was literally just, they didn't say that on the bag, it just said take five grams a day. So I was just doing a five gram scoop every time. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so performance benefits then, I guess, because I, I think we're, we've gone through most of that. So who wants to talk about the performance benefits of caffeine? Okay, so we've spoke pre-workout uh, for the stimulant effect but also um, you can take it with endurance athletes um, and you would take a pretty hefty dose of uh, 250 300 milligrams starting around that but some people will take up to like four five hundred milligrams pre-event as what about half an hour before 45 yeah. minutes I mean, potentially um, more than that because obviously i think it's the, the research doses which is where performance has been seen is like three to six milligrams per kilogram so if you're a hundred 100 kilogram male you could be how many, 600 how many flowers do you see that are 100 kilograms uh, well you know there are 100 kilo males that does endurance stuff mate that might yeah. still want the benefit i'm just you know just putting it out <laughs> um so you don't uh, know how much mo farrow schlong weighs mate that could be many kilos <laughs> how do you know he's not that's why he's so quick cause he's got three legs to run on <laughs> <laughs> try pulling his way across <laughs> um, so, yeah so you you take a fairly hefty dose i'd start at the lower end of the 250 to 300 milligrams and if, if you're thinking right okay i've got a half marathon coming up or i've got a marathon coming up don't do it for the first time for the actual event do it for your practice runs to learn because uh, some of the adverse effects can be like 
shitting yourself um, and also things like stomach pain, nausea, stuff like that. So um, if you're wanting a PB like this weekend on, you know, doing a half marathon, make sure you practice it maybe on Wednesday um, or maybe even earlier than that because the last thing you want to be doing is Portal Radcliffe in the whole way around. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, um, and it actually, so we're talking about the stimulant side of things um it's actually a bit of a, a it's supposed to be a bit of like a pain blocker sort of thing as well so when you are going through the the hard parts of the uh the, the run or you you know you're getting pretty pretty fatigued towards the end and uh the, like the, the pain kicks in uh if you're really pushing yourself um then it can sort of just just subs- like subside the, the, those effects a little bit um so uh, yeah so that's kind of why it's used in endurance sport yeah. um so i suppose just to recap on that slightly so Caffeine, obviously, the, the stimulatory effect of energy, keeping you awake and focused. It's also got a stimulatory effect that it can has been seen in some uh, research to produce more power output and stuff. But, yeah, like you say, endurance, one of the other, the third things of a reason for caffeine is just kind of this perception of pain and um, helping you endure more. Um, so three really good reasons why caffeine is probably, like, the most researched and... Well, outside of creatine, I suppose. I don't know if it's more research, but basically one of the most researched and one of the the, the most taken forms of sports supplements. Because obviously, it's also um, obviously it's not banned. It's not on a banned sports supplements list. Um, it's obviously too, too there, there is an upper there is an upper limit though. Yes, in the oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but if you're found with more than X amount in your system, uh, then then you become then it becomes banned. What for uh, sports? Mm-hmm. Was it? I didn't know that. Yes. Either. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Unless it's changed recently, but when I when I was studying this you know, like seven or eight years ago, it was yeah, there was a, like an upper limit that was uh, I, I can't remember what it was. I mean, it must be pretty hefty. I'm pretty sure it's like a thousand milligrams in the body or something. Um, but uh, yeah, like in your system, and I'm sure they said it was something like the equivalent of something like having ten uh, large costas like a minute before being tested. Um, that was like kind of what you what you what you're talking about the kind of levels. So um, yeah, yeah. I did, I've never um, I've never heard that. So should have gone uh, to you. Mate. Yeah, well, I've never heard that. I mean, I've no reason really why. I could, I would, I could be wrong. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty well, sure. I, yeah. No, I'm not, I'm not going to Google it. So caffeine for athlete performance. Um, SidelineSportsDoc.com. If it ever loads, did say something. I just read something in the uh, highlights, which suggested there was. Yeah um so yeah so uh so it's uh, like like we just said then caffeine is one of the most researched supplements ever and also it's the one that is green lighted by um everybody pretty much it's there's only a handful of things supplements that generally work time in time out um uh, time and time again um and caffeine is one of them uh yeah so i, I think we probably talked about that before in a supplements episode but oh, okay. uh, when did you go to uni mate uh, 2009. Par- apparently, caffeine uh, was banned between 84 and 2004 for in competition use. Um, I'm, I'm not that old. Yeah. Um, so I, <laughs> uh, 2011, I think I went to university. Yeah, I don't know whether. Um, since the removal of the ban, caffeine has remained consistent with measurable levels found at 74% of samples between 2004 and 2008, uh, which is uh, that uh, 12 UGs per milliliter. I don't know how that works out as milligrams, but um, yeah, okay. So was that, is that saying there? There's a there's a, a maximum, or you can just go go crazy. You can go crazy now. It was no. it was banned. It's, it's not anymore. 
according okay. to this according to this uh, PubMed review uh, by Craig Pickering and John Keeley. Well, thank you, thank you, gentlemen, for seventeen. Uh... Hmm. Um, so yeah, um, I guess the, the issue you've got is some of the things we already talked about. So if you're using it performance, timing it, um, you need to consider that. I think it, you know, half an hour to sixty minutes prior to exercise, probably more the sixty minute part. Um, I think I'd half... say the, the more you're having, the give yourself more time. Yeah, I think if it's for if it's for like an endurance or performance effect, I think you need to give it like an hour prior to your uh, your training or exercise. I guess if you're doing an endurance event, you could probably afford to do it a little closer because obviously you could, you could potentially be running for two to three hours or whatever your endurance event is. If you're doing it for the gym, then yeah, you probably want to give yourself um, 60 minutes because you don't want to kick it in when you're now about to leave the gym, do you? So um, what else was I going to say? Oh yeah, timing. And obviously again, just consider when you're using it for your time of day because it might affect other things. You know, like a prime example is like would a, and they might do, but would a professional footballer that's got a midweek game starting at 7.30, take a large bonus of caffeine at that time, knowing that that's still going to be in their blood at whatever time. I know, it, you know, even not necessarily professional football, but if you're a, a you know an amateur footballer and you you want to have a bit of an extra benefit, you just still need to consider these. The, you know, the effect of the caffeine goes way on beyond the game or the reason why you want it. So just consider that as well for for when and um, why you're taking it. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not as if you use it up and it's like okay, well, I work really hard, so all that caffeine's been used up. So it doesn't really work like that. No, no. There is um, definitely some ideas that people metabolise uh, caffeine at different rates as well. I think I've heard. Um, oh, what's his name? Ah, oh, you. Lo- well, I don't know why. So, what's the name? Like you're going to know. Um, oh yeah, that guy. Broderick Chavez. I've heard him talk about. He's a massive coffee fan, and I've heard him talk about how um, there are some people with specific genes from certain parts of the the world where they're. They metabolise caffeine in very different or a lot quicker in very different ways than others. So they might get away with... So people with certain genes might get away with being able to consume more um, or have less or you know or zero effects, I suppose, than, than some people that do. So um, just bear your own... I suppose like you're not actually going to know that cause you're not going to test your genes or you you know you might be able to say where your ancestry is from and specific people from specific parts of the world might be more, as a, gem, as a general idea, more susceptible, etc., but um, maybe just, obviously you just need to test it, don't you? Need to consider. So, I think that's a big thing with it is you know start small, start further away. If you if you notice no benefit and no advantage, no difference, no change, then up the dose a little bit, maybe move it a little bit closer, things like that, and just kind of just just work at it slowly. Um, yeah, and I think also with just with the endurance sport, if you're doing like a thirty minute park run, don't take it because it's not going to do anything. Uh, we're talking like sixty to ninety minutes plus. Uh, yeah so you know unless you are doing like a half marathon or stuff like that um i was told it's probably not going to have too much of an effect for team sports um so whether you would what do you mean as as in like you're not going to be working like if you if you're only playing like 60 minutes of a 90 minute football game like are you you know are you going to be and with it being intermittent as well um I, i guess well the only thing i would say is obviously the nootropic effect will though maybe not the endurance yeah, yeah, effect might yeah, have so yeah. much but i guess like a lot of people take it more for the focus and for the stimulatory effect rather than you know endurance or um and i suppose arguably if you're want to get every little thing out of you can 
then maybe give it you, know, a go. Yeah. you give it a go because you, you know you're going to get the new tropical effect anyway you might get some performance benefit out of it somehow in terms of endurance or power or you know some of the reasons that you might take it yeah so okay so if you're doing it for endurance then how should you be taking it because you don't want to be like lining up the costas um and smashing them back just before you're doing a race because you're going to be peeing after about 10 minutes yeah probably um, um, so well, I don't how know. should they take it um, I don't know. I mean, you could get away with a large coffee. It depends, obviously, your dosage, doesn't it? Like, if you're on the smaller end, your large coffee might just about be enough. But yeah, if you need a higher dosage, then I guess like caffeine tablets is going to be your, your ideal, or caffeine chewing gum they do, which is pretty good. I think yeah. There's, there's quite a like, decent brand. I can't remember what it's called now, but it's a decent brand of caffeine chewing gum you can take. It's kind of like a Pro Plus type thing, isn't it, basically? Yeah, or Pro Plus, yeah. Yeah. You just yeah. Take Pro Plus. Um, and it also comes in powder form as well. So if you do want to make your own the- pre workout type thing. They sell it in powder form anymore. I thought they stopped, and I was, oh, I I was going to tell. I, I, th- I, I think they stopped fairly recently, um, and this goes on to the story I want to tell around dosage levels and toxicity, because there is a toxicity level, um, which the upper limit is recommended at about ten grams per day, which is fucking loads. Like you never take ten grams a day um through beverages or food or anything like almost because obviously we're talking in milligrams here you know the recommended amounts we're talking is you know like pre-workout like ed said it could end up being two three hundred milligrams you know which is 0.2.3 of a gram so it's unlikely you're going to take 10 grams a day um naturally or any other way through through drinks however this is this is what i mean by powder form i think they stop because um you could easily overdo that 10 grams a day by taking a couple of tablespoons worth of caffeine powder or a tablespoon, um, which again, if you know what you're doing, seems silly. But there was this episode in 2017 where they were doing some research um, at a university on caffeine and performance, and they got took. They obviously asked for some volunteers and students to get involved, and um, a couple of I don't know if they were like they, well, they, they, they a couple of let's use the term athletes, um, young 18 year old athletes who, who were involved. And unfortunately, the researcher who was do- giving out the dosages got the decimal point wrong and gave them 30 milligrams each. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> fortunately, fortunately, they both survived. Um, but uh, the the article I read basically said ordinarily they wouldn't have done. It's only because they were obviously in very good health. They were af- they were obviously you know young fit um, athletes that their bodies just about survived. But they both went into a coma for like a week or something. Lost something like a stone and a half in that week's worth of body weight, um, and were on the verge of death. So just managed to survive. So I think that's why they stopped powder because it's just easy to get wrong if you just yeah careful i bet you Whereas, you can get it because obviously that's how they're going to make it for pre-workouts you probably be able to get it at like a wholesale or something like that yeah maybe uh, I, don't, I don't know whether it's the general market yeah i thought like most basically like a supplement company say where you used to be able to buy a bag of cheap caffeine powder now you can only buy tabs because you're yeah. not really going to get too many it's harder to overdose on taking tablets than it would be or capsules on it is to obviously just accidentally put a tablespoon in your orange juice yeah, 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 yeah. Imagine doing that every morning. Yeah. You get it in chewing gum now, don't you? That's oh. what we just been saying. Oh, I thought That's we just said nice that. Nice of you to turn up, mate. Nice of you to turn up. Yeah. Sorry, I was going to recount that I had some the other day. It was foul. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Did not taste nice. What can I say? Well, I, I've heard good things about the chewing gum. I've not had it myself, but I've, I've, that's been there's a brand that everyone says is really good. Was it a blue brand? Um. Yeah. Spiagra, mate. Well, surprisingly, you can still buy caffeine powder. Bulk powder, sell it. Okay. Told you. Yeah, like 100 gram bag, well, 3 I'll, 
I'll take that back. I I will apologise. I just thought that you couldn't buy it in powdered form anymore, but I'm obviously misinformed. Yeah, all over the shop, isn't it? All over the shop. Okay, well, have we? I think we might have smashed it, boys. Mm. It's a good, informative episode. I, so I just want to end on a no, fine... Yep. I was going to add a simple fact as to back your previous comment up. Apparently... <clears throat> one teaspoon of pure powdered caffeine is equivalent to 28 cups of regular coffee. Yeah. This is what I mean by you're not going to drink yourself into toxicity. However, you might do if you're just, you know, chewing a teaspoon of stuff down. So. <laughs> Chowing on the powder. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So, yeah, I just want to end on, like, caffeine. This is how my opinion how it should be used in that you should use it sparingly when you need it. And just bear in mind your overall consumption. Because I think a lot of people are just like, nah, nah, like I said in the podcast, nah, nah, it doesn't affect me. I can drink all, I've got tolerance, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't affect my sleep. Whereas I think in reality, I don't think that's true. And I think people are deluding themselves for the most part, if that's the case. And actually, they should try and take some periods off it. What you do know is that if you can literally take like one day a week of no caffeine or as little caffeine, obviously not not purposely drinking it, say, and obviously just consume what's in your food or whatever else. Um, that's enough to kind of almost like reset things, um, if that's the right phrase. I think that's probably good practice. Just take one day off a week. Um, or that's if you're obviously like a habitual user. If you only have one or two caffeinated beverages a day, you're probably okay to just carry on that way. Um, that's my opinion. I, I think for, for most people's health or healths, that would be a, a sensible way of managing caffeine. Yes. Yeah. And I've got one more thing, actually, which I don't think we mentioned. So, And I think, actually, this is quite prudent. There is one study on cyclists, because obviously there is this thing where you build up a tolerance to caffeine. However, you don't appear to build a tolerance to the actual sports performance aspect of it, because there was a study done on uh, cyclists in time trials where they took habitual uh, caffeine drinkers and non-habitual, and uh, obviously double-blind, placebo trial, etc., etc. Um, and both groups got a benefit from taking either caffeine, um, whether they were habitual or not. So it kind of shows you if you've got, if you kind of built up a tolerance to a lot of the aspects of caffeine, you still get the performance benefit, which is good to know. That's, yeah, that is good, yeah. So, but less of a stim- stimulus effect, I suppose. Yeah. Um, because there was, uh, it just reminded me of a load of stuff from when I was studying this a few years ago. And um, I was talking with Gary Mendoza, uh, I think it was. Uh, Dr. Gary Mendoza, I think he is. Um, and he uh, he was saying that uh, he was working with some American footballers uh, out in the States. And they were going into the kitchens and speaking having to speak to the kitchens when they went out for team meals to make sure that there was no like food containing caffeine and not like basically nothing contained caffeine because they would take it pre-game um and they wanted like the 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 most effects possible so they removed it completely from their life and only ever had it as a pre uh, pre pre-match supplement um yeah uh, to just go completely ott Uh, but i suppose if they want the stimulant effect then that'd be why they did it but um if uh, if they were after the sports performance which i'm not sure you can really say american football is an endurance sport Uh, i don't think it is too many uh, all american sports (coughs) too much stop and starting that's why i don't like american sports (laughs) (laughs) baseball is an endurance sport for the fans oh my days fucking eight hours watching people like swing once 
it's it's quite good to go to though. Uh, we went to the Red Sox and it was quite good. Fuck uh, that. Fuck that. Uh, yeah. the ball I can part with, but the rest of them all just too slow. Cool. Ready then. Okay. Well, um, I've enjoyed that. We're talking about one of my favourite topics, caffeine. Really, coffee, isn't it? But you know, rather than caffeine specifically, but coffee and pre-workout. Two of my favourite things. Next week, let's talk about beer. Beer, gin. yes. Gin, gin. We haven't done one on alcohol, actually, have we? Not solely, no. Well, maybe we should talk about the effects of alcohol on muscle building. This is why I'm so small. Because um, you drink too much gin, yes. Yeah. Um, on that note, oh, my headphone just said battery low. Um, on that note, please, please, please join the Facebook group. Please just leave us a review. I'd love more reviews on iTunes if people. iTunes. God, that was Norfolk, wasn't it? Uh, on iTunes, if you could leave uh, a review, that would be marvellous. Um, yeah, that's it. If anyone's interested in any one-to-one coaching, then we have some spots between us somewhere available if people want some one-to-one. Lose some weight or build some muscle. Or and how to maintain. Or maintain. Or, you know, if you just want general advice on living a healthier lifestyle and living as long as you can, we can also help with that. Or you just want to pay to have friends. <laughs> Is that what you do, Paul? That's how I met Mike. <laughs> you just wanted a friend. <laughs> I just want a friend. <laughs> right. Okay. Cool. Bye. Bye. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>